Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Salutations, Mets fans, and welcome to a special trade deadline edition of For All You Kids Out There, a Mets Adjacent Baseball Prospectus podcast. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro, and with me once again is Jarrett Seidler. Jarrett, at around 3.58 p.m. today, as I was watching the Mets lose a third straight game in horrible fashion, I was pretty sure we weren't going to do a trade deadline episode. Yeah. And then, here we are. Here we are. Mets made three trades. Um, I do want to say, just to set sort of the context for this, we finished recording on Sunday right after the Andres Jimenez error in game one, I think. Yeah. And then I thought about editing the episode right away, but I'm like, eh, I'll go downstairs, do some stuff. Like, I think I had to move laundry over or something. I didn't even bother watching the rest of the game until I got the at-bat notification. It was 7-4. And then I'm like, ah, I should probably turn this on downstairs, shouldn't I? I don't want it to. but not, not great. We all know what happened after that. And the Mets, eh, they, Debbie Garcia pitched very well. They lost in extras again. And then today, uh, lost to Jacob deGrom-Trevor Rogers matchup with the team that flew in last night and is flying out this evening. <laughs> so that's the context. Uh, They're now 15-20. and 20. They're like three and a half games out of a playoff spot or whatever. They're not even that. It's not, it's, I think, two right now. No, it's still, it's, it's like, yeah. It's not. It, I know, I know. 28 wins is making the playoffs mm-hmm. here. So, like, yeah, I mean, if they go, like, 13 and eight or whatever it is, that was stretch. They have a fairly, I mean, they have a, they can certainly do a lot of damage this week because the Orioles are floundering and they have four with the Phillies, who are one of sort of their most direct yeah. competitors for a, wild card or second place in the NLE spot so uh I guess in that spirit we got ourselves one last Wilponian trade deadline (laughs) so to kick it off here this morning they rage option Drew Smith for Hunter Strickland who is now a veteran familiar to the clubhouse I mean he's going to be DFA'd for one of these three dudes but yeah yeah, who they then proceeded to insert in a one-run game, and he walked the leadoff batter on four pitches. I'm actually not sure he's going to be DFA'd because they may see him as a high-leverage relief option. He's throwing 93 right now. It's self-damning. Uh-huh. How is this the best guy they had at the alternate site to call up, by it the says way? something like, about, like, Riley Gilliam, if that's the... Yeah, I, they had to do I, a 40 move for him, so... I, I, I spoke to someone today who... Mm. Actually, he's probably listening to this, who was like, basically, where the fuck is Riley Gilliam? Yeah. Um, and we're not huge Riley Gilliam fans, but... Yes. I I mean, you look at that alternate roster. One of the people that I was thinking, where is this guy, is Kevin Smith, which, you know... <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, so, so they start with 
Rage optioning the goat of yesterday to call up a bad veteran familiar to the clubhouse who is now stuck on the 30 men or 28 men without options because it's the Mets and that's what they do. And let's be clear here. Hunter Strickland's clubhouse reputation within (laughs) baseball is not such that that would be a positive normally. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's just be clear. This is also not the first time in this podcast we're going to talk about them acquiring a proven veteran familiar to the clubhouse either it is not which is um, which at least the high point of the trade deadline for so the, the first thing that leaked i think was from robert murray that just was orioles acquire kevin smith or mets trade kevin smith to the orioles yeah which, which in a vacuum could have mean and then we got andy martino i think saying the mets acquired a catcher yeah so you start looking before, at orioles catchers but it was not the same before deal before that like i heard the the name Pedro Pedro Severino had popped up mm-hmm. on my radar. The the catching names that had popped up on my radar were Christian Vasquez, which I heard from like ten people. But mm-hmm. my understanding is that the Boston ask there was very significant because of his cost certainty. Because mm-hmm. that's, you know, more important than him actually being a good player, which he really isn't. And um I'd heard Christian Vasquez, I'd heard Jason Castro um, I had heard a few other, I think those two names were public. I had heard a few other guys. One of them was Pedro Severino of the Orioles. So my immediate reaction was, okay, they traded Kevin Smith for Pedro Severino. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Um, that was not indeed what they did. They actually no. traded Kevin Smith for Miguel Castro, the reliever, um, who is somehow only 25, but yes. like he was called up at, I think either 19 or 20. So he's yeah. been around for like five or six years. Yeah. Was it like Rockies, have... Rockies, Blue Jays. <laughs> Although Orioles? because he's bad, he doesn't have nearly that much service time. So yeah. It's... They can, they have him for two more seasons past this right. one. So my initial reaction was they overpaid for a reliever. That's like a rental and around 30. <laughs> it turns out he's actually 25 and has two more seasons after this one. Yes. So, uh, Miguel Castro, I listen, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I've watched (laughs) any Orioles games that were not against the Mets or the Rays, and I don't think they've played either one of them yet. I've talked Uh, to some people. I talked to someone that's seen him and thinks the control improvements are mostly real. Okay, and if that's true, he might be as good as their best or second best reliever, because, God, this bullpen fucking sucks. Yeah. I mean, it's like um, 98 and a pretty good slider. Yeah, it's good stuff. He's on his third team already. Because, yes. You know, and the Mets are not the pitch design team I would want to be acquiring these guys and trying to fix them up. But, you know, maybe he's already good, in which case, whatever. So we got to talk about Kevin Smith. Sure. And if you are a listener of this podcast and have been paying attention at all, because I think we've probably said this outright. Um, The Mets have been trying to hype up Kevin Smith to trade him for over a year. Yes. Like, just, like, blatantly. And they came out, Brody came out and said today, we view him as a fifth starter. I'm like, Brody, I can find the quotes. (laughs) Which is fine. Teams do this all the time, but, like... I've done this professionally for five years now, and I did it, you know, from, like, a fan perspective for a while before that. You've done this professionally for about a decade, yeah. and you also very I'm specifically familiar with the way the Mets uh, tend to pump these guys in order to trade them, too. You have covered the Mets. You have heard, 
it was very obvious. People may not believe this, but we can actually usually tell when we're getting worked by a team. Yeah. <laughs> they were trying to work people in Kevin Smith. Yes. Like, that's just, that's what this is. They were, you know. Um, I mean, I, nothing they said was no inaccurate per se. And we we had him as, I believe, the 13th or 14th best prospect in the system. I don't have the Mets list up. I probably should right now. Um, I don't believe I saw Kevin Smith last year. I think you did, though, correct? I've only seen video, but I've talked to several people that have seen him. Um, yeah. We have Kevin Smith reports. Um, we have talked to people who've seen Kevin Smith. Um, I have never run into somebody not with the Mets organization that thinks Kevin Smith is better than the, like, soft OFP 50 that we wrote him up as. I mean, I didn't even... Maybe you can squint and read my report and, uh, find that, but... I mean, I think he's, like, a... 40 45 okay but you know if you told me you thought he might might be a number four starter because of the spin and extension okay maybe so we do have to get a part of this out of the way um also because we're not stupid sometimes we don't write it but we usually actually do have access to like the spin rate stuff and shit like that or at least we can find it out I, I am more than I mean, well they aware. basically more or less said it out loud, too, in various right. leagues. So, Yes, it's the same with the Yankees and Davey Garcia. Yeah, I knew Davey Garcia was going to be a breaking ball spin rate monster in 2018 because I asked because I asked and people told me. Like, And also, if I watched his curveball, which I did for like six starts last year, I could just see that with my eyes because, you know, I'm actually kind of good at this. Mm-hmm. But... You know, Kevin Smith has um, positive pitch design characteristics that teams that are heavy into pitch design and track man data, which the Mets are not and the Orioles are, are going to think leads to major league success. Uh, Again, that's the difference between them maybe thinking he's a half grade higher in role or a grade higher in role. But I was not at all surprised to see Kevin Smith traded to a team that is very heavy in prospect analytics. Fuck, the Orioles hired our best prospect guy off of our staff last year, like to do this exact kind of thing. Right. You know, I, I, that's public. Kevin told people he went there, right? I think it's yes, he did. He did. Um, so you know, Kevin was literally our best, our our best prospect analyst. Like, and I'm sorry if anybody else is listening to this, but he was. Um, he, he was very good. He had previously worked for the Dodgers. Um, we we were very not happy to lose him because we didn't think we were going to lose him because he was not planning on going back into baseball and the Orioles made him a good enough offer to change his mind. So, you know, the Orioles are a team that's looking for guys just like this. And the Mm -hmm. Mets are a team that is not, and that can mean whatever you want it to mean. I'm not sure which approach is better. Right. Actually. Yeah, I am. The (laughs) Orioles are, but, um, you know, it's going to take a little while for us to figure that out. And I also bet in three years, Steve Cohen's going to have imported people that think a lot more like the Orioles. And um, I think are... you need to do both, to be honest. So are the Orioles. I know, I know. 
<laughs> Kevin's not a Kevin coder. is a very good in-person scout, yes. Yes, Kevin's not a coder. Kevin, <laughs> Ke- <laughs> Ke- you know, we sometimes didn't listen to Kevin enough, you know. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Kevin was six months ahead of us on Gavin Locks, for yep. example. Um, and, you know, we got there eventually, but we also still listened to him in April last year. You know, we would have... We would have been ahead of the curve on Gavin Lux instead of a little bit behind the curve because we were a little bit behind the curve. He wanted to run Gavin Lux in the top three on the midseason list, and we, you know, talked specifically me and you talked him into backing down a little bit on it. That was a mistake. Yep. You know, Kevin is better at about you know, specifically hitters. Kevin's better at evaluating hitters than I am. Probably me too. We can probably eliminate the probably there, but <laughs> um, <laughs> you know. Ke- you know, the, Ori- the Orioles made a significant effort to beef up their scouting department in exactly this sort of way to find the Kevin Smiths of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, this is something that we've been talking internally a little bit about in the context of like Taylor Terrell and Gabriel Arias, although we actually ranked Arias probably appropriately to where he got traded. Like, you know, the fact that a team that is known for X or Y trades for a player shouldn't necessarily make you reevaluate your take on the player, but it should at least make you ask why. And the why here is because, you know, there's spin efficiency and extension. I still Um, don't think there's even anything better than a fringe average secondary, which I think is going to be the limiting factor with the profile, but sure. But I've, you know, there's people that like the slurve and there's people that like the change. And, um, you know, this is a guy that has the, Potential, even in your estimation, to be a back-end Major League starter. Sure. The actual problem here, and the reason that everybody listening to this podcast knows about Kevin (laughs) Smith, is that every other, not every other team, most farm systems are able to reliably dig up prospects of this type and quality level pretty often. The Mets only had Kevin Smith. Yeah. Like, if you... If you start looking at pitching prospects in this range, other than Kevin Smith, you have Jordan Humphreys and Steven Gonzalez, who are no longer in the system anymore. You have Junior Santos, who's five years away from pitching in the majors. And I got Um, crushed to me in spring training, so... Right. You have Frank and Colome, who's already up and also was not developed in the system. Mm -hmm. And you've got, like, Josh Wolf, who's a little bit better than this, but... What's up? You're forgetting someone. Harold is not actually in this range of prospect. Uh, I'm sorry. He's not. He, I, I'm sorry. I can't get him there. Kevin Smith's a better prospect than Harold. Sorry. Mm. Um, if if Harold was a good... If Harold was the prospect at the level of Kevin Smith, he would have gotten Rule 5 last year. And he <sighs> didn't. And I know there was a team that submitted him. But he, they didn't actually take him. So, like, you know, but if if you look at the Yankees system, just in comparison, the Yankees have Mike King, the Yankees have Frank Mike King German. is a significantly better prospect than this. Right, Frank German, they have... Probably better, but closer. Right, like, but they have inventory of this type of... They have, like, significant inventory of this exact type of prospect. Mm-hmm. Um. So when they trade one of them, like when they traded Taylor Widener for Brandon Drury, and again, Taylor Widener was probably better than this. Yeah. 
but like when they do something like that, it's like, well, yeah, we got five more guys at this level, and you know, you trade Caleb Smith. You know, they got. I, I don't want to restart the Nick Nelson <laughs> argument from the last podcast, but you know, they got like Frank German, they got Nick Nelson, uh, Alex Viscaino's in this broad tier. Um, Anderson Munoz, who I know you really like, is in yeah. this broad tier. TJ Sikama. TJ Sikama might be a little bit better, higher draft pick. But again, just generally, they have like a lot of pro- pitching prospects. You look at the Phillies. The Phillies have Damon Jones, who, again, is better than this, but not like fantastically so. Like they have Jojo Romero. This is like kind of the similar prospect. Hmm. Um, although JoJo's had a few more ups and downs, yeah. um, healthy JoJo is better than this. Present JoJo is broadly yeah. similar, right? They have Connor Brogdon, the guy they just traded to the Red Sox, but they Seabold was who they Brogdon. traded, not Brogdon. Seabold, excuse me, Brogdon's the reliever. I always get those two. Yeah, guys. you did it on, on the pod too on Sunday, which I yeah. missed all three times you did it. But yeah, I yeah, I'll do that. You know, they traded for Christopher Sanchez, who's basically this kind of prospect. You know, you have inventory pitchers. Right. The Mets and the shape these have... aren't like comps. The shape of all these guys stuff is different, but the right. outcome range is similar. Like the Mets just do not have any inventory arms. Like the Nationals don't either for staying in the division, but the Nationals also have one of the worst systems in the majors. <laughs> right. You start going de- like the next best starting pitching prospect at full season ball now after Colome, if you, you know, it, not counting Colome, Zapaki, Peterson. Yeah. Um, who's the next best starting pitching prospect now? Oh, uh, it's, it's Harold. No, it's yeah, it, it's probably Harold. I mean, there's the a ball guys that are interesting, but probably relievers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dyson Acosta and... But I'm saying except for those guys. Those are, you know, extremely fun. Guys that aren't three or four years okay, away. Okay, yeah, yeah. Jordan Ventura, Dyson Acosta, etc. Right. Et like, yeah. You know, you're talking about Dead Neil Nunez. Dead Neil Nunez, yeah. Tony Debrell. Yeah. Like, these are not... These are threes. Right. You know, threes, fours. These are not guys that are even remotely, which is how you end up needing to go get Ariel Horado, right? Yeah. Um, so one of the reasons that you miss Kevin Smith a lot is because you don't have more guys of this type. They just don't. Yeah. They had a couple of them, and they... They you literally know, they DFA'd them. <laughs> yeah, they literally DFA'd them for Walker Lockett, mm-hmm. and then DFA'd Walker Lockett. Um, if they had... If they have two starting pitching injuries, who are they calling up at this point? Like, what's in their what's left in their? You're calling up Barraspo Ramirez. He's a pucky. I have no idea how he's looked, but right. Like, you look at what's in their pool and not on their roster. You have Colome and Gerardo, who just got sent down. Actually, Colome didn't even get sent, sent down. Colome is probably pitching tomorrow. Yeah, Colome's not even sent down. Excuse me. You've got Gerardo, who was up as the 29th man and didn't get news. I mean, this is literally... They have two guys that are not on... Or, excuse me, they have five guys that are not on their roster listed as starting pitchers on roster resource. Gerardo, Zapucky, Erasmo Ramirez, Pedro Payano, and Jeffrey Ramirez. Yeah. 
that's how Harold's not sense. there is amazing to yeah. me. But you know, you have you have two more in you know two more injuries. One yeah. more injury and Harado's coming up. Second injury and you're picking from Oresmo Ramirez, Pedro Payano, and Jeffrey Ramirez. Walker and Peterson um, have already had like shoulder issues, so right. And you got no off days. No, yeah. You know, if you got a couple, if you got another series canceled where you have to play a couple of double headers, you're looking potentially calling up Pedro Payano. Like, yeah. I, this is and I, Matt Allen too, but they're not going to call. Yeah, they want to start his clock, yeah. Counting Matt Allen, and this is not a team that's willing to use an opener. It's not a team that's been willing to use bullpen days. I don't know what they're doing. Man. Have you seen the bullpen? Would you want to throw a bullpen game? Right, but like you don't have. No, I know. Here and we should talk about the actual trade because the actual trade is probably fine. Yeah, Miguel Castro's fine. I, you know, but why aren't you going and getting some depth starting here? Mm. You know, I got a pretty good idea what the prospect is that went for Taiwan Walker, and the the Mets could have beaten that. I. Sure. You know, you you look at the starting the prices at this deadline were not very high. No, they, they weren't. weren't. And there's reason there was a lot more activity than I expected, and the prices were about what I expected, or a little bit lower. But one of the reasons that I expected that there wouldn't be a lot of activity was because I expected the prices to be fairly low. Yeah, but teams were still cashing out. You had and, some soft. You had like you know the Rays soft sold, the Dodgers soft sold. Yeah, go ahead and get Ross Stripling, yeah. right? Like what you know. Let's let's play the what's the Mets equivalent but a little bit better on the Ross Stripling trade for a second, right? Did they actually say what they've gotten back for Stripling? I thought it was uh... it's two players to be named. I thought I saw who the players to be named were. Yeah. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I did, but it was off the record. <laughs> let me let you in on a little secret. Great. Because of the rules of this season, the players to be named later in these trades are not going to be particularly significant prospects, and there's weird technical reasons for that that I actually can't talk about because I was told them in confidence, but I am fairly confident that there is nobody being traded that is a top 200 prospect as a player to be named later. So the guy, you know, we're talking about for Ross Stripling a couple prospects at the Kevin Smith level, probably. Uh, you know, so I mean, I, yeah, I probably would have traded Junior Santos to go get Ross Stripling, right? Yeah. You know, I, I think you probably would do that too. Yeah, he's got some control. He's been good in the past. If you actually sign a bunch of starters, you can move him into like a swingman role. Yeah, you know, and it, the price might have actually been lower than that, but that's mm. like my guess for like how high the price definitely was. You know, it probably wasn't higher than that. Now I would have traded Freddie Valdez to go get uh, to go get that. And again, I don't know who the Dodgers wanted, but there were a lot of there were a lot of depth pitching options available that didn't go. Like, you know, you want to talk about bullpen acquisition? Um, Archie Bradley didn't go for a lot more than Castro went for. Yeah could have gotten a couple of these guys and again the Mets are somewhat limited by having a very weak farm here and they have a very they don't have a lot of depth is the main problem yeah. like you know we can talk about the Padres who went went crazy but didn't really trade outside of Tremel and Arias who are both back-end top 100 types yeah, didn't the, really trade anyone significant I just want to ruminate for a second on the fact that the best prospect traded the deadline was moved along with 
another really good, interesting piece, albeit one that had Tommy John, mm-hmm. for a 30-year-old catcher with less than 500 major league plate appearances. Yeah. That's how weird this deadline was. Um, here's a a decent example, since we we're not sure who's tripping. Why didn't they go get Robbie Ray? Yeah. We know who Robbie Ray got traded for, and it was an absolute nobody. Right? I mean, he has been terrible this year. Travis Bergen. Travis Bergen, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what the Mets version of Travis Bergen is, but... I mean, uh, it might literally it's... be... I mean... <laughs> the Drew Smith? Yeah, that's probably about right. Yeah. Yeah, seventh round college reliever. Mm. Like, I has some major I, league time, but hasn't been particularly good. Yeah, yeah, that's that's probably Drew Smith. So, would you trade Drew Smith for a Robbie Ray attempt? Uh, yeah, I think I sure think I would. I don't really think the Mets are the team to fix Robbie Ray, but yeah, for a lot of the reasons that we've been discussing. Um, but the, yeah, there were a lot of the, you know, Josh Osich got moved. Mm-hmm. Just a lot of the and what they did was they got Miguel Castro, so they got like one of the five guys that they actually needed here because they really needed like five guys to fix the pitching staff. And then they traded for as Sherman of the Post wrote, defensive catcher Robinson Chirinos, mm. which I I mean he is a know. catcher, he does play defense. Uh, this is the uh, this I believe is Nichols Law of Catcher's defense, which yeah. if, if you're a real nineteen ninety saberhead, you'll know what I mean, um, that was coined by Sherry Nichols in the 1990s. Uh, mm-hmm. Ben Lindbergh, I believe, wrote an excellent article on Sherry Nichols a couple of years ago, um, as an aside. Um, which basically says the catcher's defensive reputation goes in an inverse inverse relationship to their offense, mm-hmm. uh, no matter how good they actually are defensively. And Robinson Torinos has been absolutely brutal offensively this year. And uh, so... Now, all of a sudden, he's a defensive catching option. Robinson Torinos is a worse version of Wilson Ramos. Right. I mean, Robinson Torinos has always been a bat-first catcher for the majority of his career until he stopped hitting. Yes. And he did hit as recently as last year. Yes. And it's a weird season, and he's got, like, 20 plate appearances. So I'm not writing Robinson Torinos off. He's also a 36-year-old catcher. Right. Um you know, they appear to have taken on some money in this deal. And like, if you're, you can actually utilize your money at this deadline to mm-hmm. get a good player because like nobody's willing to take on money right now. Yeah. Uh, as shown by Starling Marte getting flipped for a pile of garbage after being traded for top. I mean, two. the aforementioned Caleb Smith. Yeah. Caleb Smith and Umberto Mejia, who, yeah, Umberto Mejia looked great in his two major league outings until it's he three and he has like 50. a six ERA, but yeah, yes, until he gassed 50 pitches into both of them. And before this season, he was an unranked prospect in a system of medium depth. Mm-hmm. And Caleb Smith is okay, I guess. Yeah. Um, but you know, they recently traded the over Pagaro and Brennan Malone. Yeah. Did I get that right? For Starling Marte, who, yeah. you know, Pagaro made the 101. And, he didn't, but they were both, he did, he was, they were both he was, in the contention for it. Yes, he was He was strongly. I thought he made the bump. No, did he we didn't. kick him off late for somebody? We might have. They're somewhere okay. between 101 and 125, both of them. 
Right, which is, like, much better than Umberto Mejia, who's probably somewhere between, like, 300 and 500. <laughs> sure. And Caleb Smith, who's, like, a fourth starter about to hit arbitration. Yeah. <laughs> um, because they wanted to salary dump Starling Marte. I mean, and... they basically leaked that they weren't going to pick up his very cheap team option. And he's been yeah. good this year. Yeah, like, you start looking at what the equivalent to, on that to the Mets is, and, okay, the Mets don't really have... Caleb Smith, but you know they they certainly have pieces that are at the value of Caleb Smith, and their equivalent to Roberto Mejia is probably Zapucky. Like Zapucky's better, but yeah. um, I mean it would have been like Jordan Humphreys, but they DFA'd him. It might actually be Colome, yeah. but you know, like let's say they need they would have needed to trade. Um, I don't know. Colome and Mark Vientos. Like, you make that trade for Starling Marte. Like, the rumored offseason deal for that, what the Pirates wanted for Marte was significantly more than that from the Mets. Yes, and they need Marte now more than they did in the offseason right. because these, these these guys played Billy Hamilton against a left-handed pitcher on Saturday. That's how bad they needed Starling Marte. Right Marte now. is hitting 311, 384, 443 in 33 games. He's he's having the Starling Marte season. Yeah. Uh, a little more average, a little less pop, but, but uh, that's like a four-win center fielder right there. And he's mm. under relatively cheap team control for next year. And, they instead decided to get Robinson Torinos and old friend Todd Frazier. Yeah. And they called it a day. Yep. Um, so, so they got a proven catching option, which, again, uh, Thomas much... Neal very obviously has COVID. That's, uh, he announced have... it on Instagram. So, yes. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah. But, like, he very obviously has COVID, even before that and i have no idea when tomas nito is going to be back we wish tomas nito all the best in the health and all of that sort of stuff these assholes batted wilson ramos clean up today they still think wilson ramos is good right they obviously still think wilson ramos is good they pinch hit him i yeah exactly they why did brandon nimmo could have had his leg amputated and he still would have been a better pinch hitting option in that ninth inning yesterday right or seventh inning, excuse me. Um, I, you know, so so they very obviously still think Wilson Ramos is really good. And if you still think Wilson Ramos is really good, why are you getting a catcher that does the exact same stuff but worse? He's got a little more power, but yeah. Right. I feel like, like Ramos and Chirinos has been a former future Met for a while. Right. So maybe the answer to this is that they don't expect Tomas Nito back anytime soon. And if that is true then, okay, I would have picked one of six catchers that I'm sure they could have had for roughly the same cost as Robinson Chirinos, especially if they were willing to absorb some money. Um, But whatever, it's fine. But assuming Robinson Chirinos is actually... Assuming Robinson Chirinos isn't here to be the backup catcher, like, what is he... Are they going to DH him? Is that, like, a thing that's about to happen? I don't think they like, really can because are they going to ca- are they are they going to carry three catchers so they can DH Ramos? Yeah, like, they're just going to keep DHing either Dom Smith or Robinson I Cano. So. I don't that, think that, that, that's where I'm going. Yeah. I would hope so. Listen, I think they just I, wanted a better backup catcher than Ali Sanchez. For okay, but if it's for a week and you took on a fairly substantial amount of money for this year's trade deadline to do it, just like why? Why did you pick? Why did you pick this guy? 
I like I don't. I mean, why was Ali? Why why were they carrying Ali Sanchez on the forty man for the last eleven months? If they didn't think that he was capable of being the major league third catcher, this is something I've asked repeatedly because they again they have lost guys on waivers to continue protecting Ali Sanchez. Hmm. I don't understand. I just don't understand. Anyway. Um, and they also got old friend Todd Frazier. Now, J.D., I, I want to preface this, you know, I am all for acquiring Todd Frazier in <laughs> any opportunity. Um, it, you know, if they want to make Todd Frazier the manager in a few years, I would be all for that. Um, you know, this is very on my brand. I can now get out my Todd Father Players Weekend jersey again. I'm very excited. Not that I could ever not wear that because that is a timeless <sighs> jersey. Um, yes, I do have a Todd Father Players Weekend jersey. It was like $30 on the clearance rack at the team store at the end of last season. Um, presumably because they knew they were not bringing Todd Frazier back, which they didn't until they did. Uh, this is one of two things. Um, the most frequently th- seen thing I've suggested on Twitter is that there's concern about J.D. Davis's hip. My actual belief is that they saw Andres Jimenez drop a throw and decided we needed to have a study veteran hand for third base defense. Sure. Because uh, well, I mean, they I shouldn't know, have been know, playing Andres Jimenez at third base. I know these fucking guys. I know how they think, and that's how they think. Um, no, Luis Guillorme should be the late inning third base defense. I mean, they could have just... They were up five runs. They didn't really need to do anything, but yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. So, you know, Todd Frazier's probably... Again, I'm not going to claim to have substantially watched the Texas Rangers this year. Yeah. My understanding is Todd Frazier is pretty much still Todd Frazier. Um, and, you know, Todd Frazier fit on this bench when they didn't sign Todd Frazier in February, which we said at the time. Todd Frazier's perfectly reasonable bench option for the 2020 Mets down the stretch. They needed to do several more major things than get Todd Frazier, Robinson, Chirinos. Um, th- this was... Uh, I wrote an article when the Mets brought back J. Reese Familia, uh, calling them the half-measure Mets, and mm-hmm. they did for the... What's this? Probably the fifth consecutive trade deadline. They did half measures. One last beat, baby. Yeah. Yeah. This was, in fact, exactly as bad as the one last beat Tommaso <laughs> Ciampa Gargano <laughs> match, which was <sighs> one of the most tedious matches I've ever seen in my life. Because you have guys that have had like some of the greatest matches in company history, and you have them do a 55-minute plotting cinematic match with no noise. That's a thing they did. Hmm. Um, and a thing the Mets did was trade for Robinson Chirinos, Todd Frazier, and Miguel Castro. Instead of either selling or buying, they were soft buyers because, you know, the, again, their, their goal every season, this has been a hallmark of Wilpon ownership of Jeff Wilpon running baseball operations for this team. They want to be within striking distance of the trade deadline and be soft buyers and add a little. Well, they're That's two and a half out, so... That's always what they want to do. And yes, they, they want to be within three games of the trade deadline, which somehow they still were because this is all fucked up right now. 
and uh, they got to be soft buyers. So congratulations. You, Jeff Wilpon got to do the thing he wanted to do one last time. Are, are we going to do, are, are do the George Washington farewell song from Hamilton for Jeff Wilpon? One last time. No, we're not. And I <laughs> thought this was going to be 15 minutes and it's 35 minutes. We'll just wrap on that and see you this weekend for another edition of For All You Kids Out There. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.